Moses was given the staff of God, wasn't he? He was given the rod. I don't know how big, heavy it was, but this will do. I'm going to ask Thomas to be Moses for the moment. You guys just sped out there for a minute. So Thomas, I want you to take this rod. And I think from what I've read, uh, Moses actually held it with both hands and raised it right up above his head. Right, I want you to stay like that for the duration of the sermon, please. <laughs> you okay with that, folks? If won't distract you if Thomas stands like that for about half an hour or so. No, it's got to be higher, mate. That's it. That's fantastic. All right. Um, just put it down now. Just rest it down. Is it more comfortable like that? Yeah. It feels more natural when it's down. Just rest it. A lot easier, relax like that. Okay. All right, I'm not going to be that, that silly to get you to stand up during the duration of the service. I'm going to get you to sit down now. Sit down, mate. Okay, raise it up again. Selwyn and, and uh, Ray, I want you guys to... Yes, thanks. Now you've got to hold his arm. His arms. You've got to actually kneel down and, and actually hold his arms up like that. Can you, can you kneel down? Three old blokes... You've got to hold his arm. Is that going to distract you for 30 minutes if we do this? How's that feel, Thomas? Is it, you, can you feel that? Sort of, you're starting to feel that mm, thing happening there. Right, Ray, you're okay with that? And Selwyn, you reckon you could... How many minutes has this been? Can you imagine this scene? I want you to visualise this. Just have a... I want you to just get this imprinted in your mind for a minute. I think it'll be good for us when we start thinking about intercessory prayer. This happened for more than 12 hours. Here's the scene. This is what happened. Three old blokes up on a hill doing this for 12 hours. Thank you, guys. Give them a clap. I think we need to encourage them. Thank you for being volunteers. Bless you, mate. <laughs> you can take that, brother. I'll get it afterwards. Twelve hours. Can we just pray together? Thanks. Father, as we uh, continue to thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to come away from what we normally do during the week and to be together as a corporate gathering of your people and just to connect ourselves with you. Help us to do that this morning. As we open your word, as we begin to look into the scripture, Lord, we just bless you for the word of God and we thank you for that prayer. We thank you for all the prayers that have been prayed this morning. And we know that man will not, cannot, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So help us to feed on your word this morning. You alone have the words of eternal life and we want those words to soak deep into our hearts, into our lives and be part of everything that we say, do and think. So Lord, to you be the glory as we look to your word now and please speak to us. Help us to see only Jesus this morning and to him be all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I asked uh, Thomas, What's easier, doing this, lifting up the hands, or just 
resting them down by the side. And, <clears throat> and I'm sure if I asked you that same question, you would say, well, obviously, to rest my hands down by the side <clears throat> is, is the most natural, easiest thing to do. But, and it is our natural disposition, isn't it? It's our natural place to be, is to, to take it easy. I, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, I'd rather do this. I'd rather sit. I'd rather take it easy. I'd rather not exert myself. I'd rather not work too hard. And we say those things to each other, don't we? Ah, don't, take it easy. Don't work too hard. And it's all meant to be well and good. And in its, in its right context, it's fine. And I think it's great. But it is, our natural, it is our natural disposition as human beings. Take it easy. Don't exert yourself. Certainly not spending time with your hands lifted up. That's tiresome. It's uncomfortable. It's unnatural for us. Requires self-discipline. My arms and my hands naturally want to be hanging by my side. And yet in this passage that we're going to look at this morning, we see Moses in an unnatural position with his hands raised for quite an extended period of time. And it was something like 12 hours. That's how long the battle raged. And I want to read that passage to us. And I'll be reading the passage throughout this, this time that we share together. So Exodus 17 is what we're looking at. And I'm reading from verse 10. And just, just a couple of verses to start off with. So Joshua fought the Amalekites, or the Amalekites, as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites uh, we're winning. And I'm sure, as you've already seen uh, now, because I mentioned it, we recognise that this is a picture of intercessory prayer. And that's why I wanted you to have a good long look at those three old blokes up here. Because I think it's a good picture to have in your minds of what intercessory prayer is really all about. I love what F.B. Meyer says. He describes it like this, just as I've said. F.B. Meyer describes it as a most beautiful picture. Three old men in prayer, two staying up the third. And I want you to realise, ladies, it could have been three women up here, upholding each other. I want you to get this picture, connecting with God through prayer today. So in this portrait of prayer, and it is a portrait of prayer that we have before us here, I believe. In this portrait of prayer, we need to identify some other important features that I believe are, very, are worth considering this morning as the people of God. Firstly, it's this. Prayer is hard work. Now, you may not agree with that. You might say, I love to pray. It's just a joy. I'm going to suggest to you that prayer is hard work. It doesn't come naturally to us or comfortably. Naturally or comfortable, any more than it would be for you standing up the hill holding a staff above your head. It's not natural to do that. And I don't think prayer comes naturally to us. Matthew Henry, he says this about prayer. Praying work, if done with due intenseness of mind and vigour of affection, will be found hard work. And though the spirit be willing, the flesh is weak. Who said that? Remember Jesus saying that? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's so true. And I, I'm just going to suggest this. I think it's probably why it has a lot to do, 
a lot to do with reasons as to, as to why most prayer meetings in churches are poorly attended. Because prayer is hard work. It can be very difficult work. It goes against our natural inclination to take it easy and just to rest and keep our hands down. But God says something different about that to us. God in his word through the psalmist reminds us of what our real needs are and I suggest what our real responsibilities are when it comes to prayer. Listen to this. I love the Psalms. I hope you do too. Psalm 28 verse 2 says this, Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help. As I lift up my hands towards your most holy place. Beautiful words. You know, and as I read that, I suppose, and as I thought about that, personally, I don't think we can overestimate how desperately you and I need the Lord. I don't think we can be over, I don't think we can overestimate how desperately you and I need God's mercy. We need his help, folks, every day. Every day. We are so dependent on God, which I believe is how we were created to be. He wants us to be dependent on him. And we really are dependent on God. Listen to how the Apostle Paul explained this to the men of Athens as we have this record in Acts chapter 17. Listen to these words. The God who made the world and everything in it as the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he gives sorry because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. We really are dependent on God, aren't we? Perhaps more than we perhaps give credit to. You're here today, and I've said it before, your heart's beating because God's given it permission to. That's how I see it. Absolutely dependent on him. And you know, when we take words of God like this to heart, when we meditate and we truly drink in and feed on these words that God gives us, it kind of has the habit of keeping things in their right perspective, doesn't it? It kind of keeps us in our right place of humility and recognition as to who and how great and awesome God is. When you take his word to heart, it keeps things in its right perspective for us. And this leads to the second feature that I want to talk about, and that is that prayer equips us to work with God, but in total dependency on God. Let me read some more verses from Exodus 17, verses 9 to 11. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go to fight the Amalekites, the Amalekites. 
Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, who went up to the top of the hill, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Joshua. Joshua makes his first appearance on the scene right here. And we can see that God's already doing a work in, prepar in preparation of this guy's life. So he makes his first appearance here. And he's commissioned by Moses to command an attachment of warriors from Israel to go and fight their enemy, their enemy, the Amalekites. The Amalekites, as, we, uh, as, as it would seem, are descendants from Esau. And like Esau, these people, these warriors are wild and they're warlike and they are Israel's enemies. So this time, this time, God chose for his people to actually physically engage with the enemy. Unlike the time when they were at the Red Sea. Do you remember that, that occasion? Unlike when they were at the Red Sea, when they were threatened to be annihilated by Pharaoh's army, God said to them through Moses these words. He said, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you this day. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You only... Sorry, you need only to be still. So there's a difference between what happened at the Red Sea and now this order for Joshua to go and, go and, and, and select an army, warriors from Israel, and you guys are going to go out and you're going to physically fight this enemy. So God chose a different type of thing to do there. But what, I'm, what, I, want us to get, what I want us to hear though this morning is that prayer equips us, equips us to work with God, but in total dependency on God. And this concept, I think, is also clearly seen in the following verses of Exodus 14, from what I just read, where Moses goes on and says to, to sorry, where God goes on and says to Moses, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry land, on dry ground. That's what happened then. But this time now, God chose that his people would work with him in that Joshua would take a sword in his hand and Moses would take the staff of God in his hand and, Mo and, and the, the, the same staff that Moses used to, uh, to part the Red Sea. And then God chose by his sovereignty, his sovereignty the divine sovereign power of God, which is awesome, combined with human dependency and obedience to the will of God, God's will was accomplished and the enemy was defeated. Can you see that? So, God, so prayer equips us to work with God but in total dependency on God. The enemy was defeated. God chooses the means and the methods and when we as his people pray, he will equip us to work with him but in total dependency on him. And by doing that, we will see his will accomplished in our lives. I wonder if you have kind of got that today. Are you working with God in prayer? Are you listening to him? Are you being obedient to what he calls you to do? I love this verse from Philippians 2, verse 13. 
it says this, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do you get that? It's a good one to underline. It's a good one just to think through. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Powerful stuff. This is what God does in our lives, how we connect with him and what he does in and through us. Thirdly, thirdly, we need each other's support. We need each other's support. Go back to the picture that you saw of the three old guys up here on the stage. One could not do that. He needed the support of two others beside him. And in prayer and as a fellowship of God's people, we need each other's support. You notice that Moses in this, in this account here, Moses did not go up on the hill alone. He did not go up alone. He took Aaron and he took her with him. It's interesting, her is also mentioned for the first time here in the scripture. And Jewish tradition has that her was Moses' brother-in-law, that her was the one who married Miriam. So Jewish tradition says that he was the husband of Moses' sister Miriam. Whatever the case is, the point is this, that both men, along with Moses, played a vitally significant role in this whole campaign that God had launched his people into. Listen to what happened. Listen again to, that, to this, this passage from Exodus 17. So Moses, sorry, so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Mo, sorry, as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But when he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. It was a big day, a long day of prayer, of intercessory prayer. We need each other's support, folks. And as I said before, prayer is hard work. And the very fact that we indwell these frail human bodies uh, speaks very clearly the fact that we we get tired. We, We grow tired. Our hands will grow heavy. Have you noticed also that when you're tired and when you're not focused on the things of God, that you are especially vulnerable to temptation? Have you noticed that? Is it just me? Or do you notice that when you are tired, when you are distracted, when you are not focused on Christ, when you are not spending the time with him, we're weary, maybe even stressed, that that's that those are the times that the enemy sneaks up on you. They're the times when temptation comes into your mind. A practical thing. Maybe, maybe for the guys. I would suggest that you don't sit in front of the TV late at night when no one else is there with the remote in your hand, flicking through the channels. I suggest you don't do that. Because you'll see stuff that you probably shouldn't see. It plays on our minds... And that's how the enemy will get you, particularly if you are tired. You need to be aware of where your weaknesses are because the devil knows your weaknesses. 
you need to be aware of where your weaknesses are so that you can be strong and not vulnerable in those times when you are tired, weak, stressed, wherever it is. That's when the enemy will come and get you. That's when he will sneak up on you and I believe that's where temptation comes. You see, it was when Moses became tired. It's when he lowered his hands because he became fatigued, because he became distracted. Probably took his eyes off the battle and off God and he just knew that this is hard work and I'm getting tired. So he's thinking about himself and his hands are going down. It was during that time when he was distracted in prayer that the enemy prevailed. And I believe it's the picture of what can happen to us. When we get distracted, when we get tired, when we take our eyes off the Lord, I believe it's a picture of what happens to us. The enemy will prevail. We need to be careful about that. Prepare for that. But, you know, having said that, I just love the fact that... Let me share with this. Um, How many times have you been in a prayer meeting, for example, you know, where you have felt tired? You've come to that prayer meeting, but you've been tired. Maybe you haven't been all that well. Maybe, Maybe you've been discouraged. Maybe it's just simply not feeling the same old self as you normally do. Maybe you've just found it really hard to pray, but you've come along to that prayer meeting anyway. Maybe you didn't even want to come, but you just sensed you should go. So you've come, you're there, you're praying, and you're struggling. And then someone besides you starts to pray. And it might be the person on the other side who starts to pray for you, with you. And it's as if they're lifting your hands. And sustaining you and keeping you during that prayer meeting. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting like that? You haven't felt real good about praying, but God's raised up others around you to do that for you. And as if they're lifting you up. I just think that's beautiful. And I think that's how we work. We we, we need to support each other. So encouraging when we do that for each other. So let me ask you this. How are you at being an Aaron or a her? To someone else. How are you at fulfilling those roles for other people in the church? I think we see a fantastic role model, obviously, in the Lord Jesus, but even in the Apostle Paul, we we see this role model of Paul here. Let me read some magnificent scriptures again from Ephesians. Listen to these words that he says. He says, For this reason I kneel. Before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Can you imagine hearing a prayer like that and you're in that prayer meeting and you're not feeling real good and someone prays a prayer like that, you'll feel your arms automatically going up. Thank you, Lord. You know, when a brother and a sister in Christ prays for you like that, in a like manner, your hands will be lifted up and strengthened to do what God has called you to do, as Moses was able to do with her and Aaron alongside him, supporting him as well. Please keep that picture in your mind next time you're in a prayer meeting. 
or even if you're at home and you know that there are people around you praying for you. A favourite passage of scripture of mine is this, Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says this, Yet those who wait upon the Lord will gain new strength or renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Magnificent verses. Folks, we need each other's support, even here at Sunnybank District Baptist Church. How are you going in that area? Fourthly and finally, persevering prayer wins battles. Persevering prayer wins battles. Back to this passage again. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites, uh, the Amalekite army, with a sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, For hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. You know, it was a few Sundays ago now, I can't remember exactly when, when we talked about putting on the full armour of God. Why do we need to put on the full armour of God? Why do we need to do that? Simply because you and I as Christians are engaged in a battle. Indeed, a spiritual warfare against a spiritual and very powerful foe. But when we, by persevering prayer, put on the full armour of God, we will be empowered to stand and prevail against this enemy. Without this protection, you don't have a chance. You do not have a chance. But equipped by God, equipped by God by what he provides for us, we become more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Romans 8, 37. But Paul also gives this instruction to the church at Colossae. He says, in, he says to the Colossian believers, he says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer. Uh, in his book, Alone with God, I read what John MacArthur uh, says about this particular verse, or those words, devote yourself. He says this, The Greek word translated perseverance and in the command devote yourselves means to be courageously persistent to hold fast and not let go to be devoted to prayer is to earnestly courageously and persistently bring everything especially the needs of others before God he says sensitivity to the problems and needs of others including other believers who are facing trials and hardships will lead us to pray for them night and day, as Paul did for Timothy. And folks, I believe that those among you who have that gift of intercessory prayer, it would not surprise me if God hasn't woken you at some strange hour in the night or early morning and laid on your heart a burden that you've needed to release to him in prayer. God does that. God does that and you'll persevere 
as he gives you and you'll be praying for this situation that person night and day as God does as, as God leads you this kind of prayer wins battles this kind of prayer wins battles so here's a question here's a question for you this morning what battle would you like the Lord to fight for you right now what battle are you trying to fight on your own what battle would you like the Lord to win for you right now because I want you to also understand this morning that the battle that you're fighting really is the Lord's battle. It's not yours, it's his. You see, even though Joshua took hold of the sword and faced the enemy, it was Moses who took hold of the staff of God and prayed on the hill. Who do you think really was fighting? <laughs> well, they both were. But I want you to think, who do you think really was fighting? Who was winning that war for them? Let me read this to you. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, For hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. The Lord, the Lord will be at war against the, the Amalekites from generation to generation. The Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. And I just want to, as I close, I want, to, I want to encourage you by saying this. Whatever the Amalekites are, whatever they are, whoever they are, that you are facing in your life as a child of God, you need to be assured that it is the Lord who is at war against them and not you. Do you, do you hear that this morning? I really want to encourage you with that. Whatever the enemy is that you're facing as a child of God, it's not you facing it. It's the Lord that's his enemy. And you know what? Personally, I wouldn't like to be at war against God. Would you? Because somehow I don't think we'd do real good being at war against God. So hand that enemy over to him. And I love this as I close with this verse. What then shall we say in response to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can we say that again? If God be for us, who then can be against us? Amen. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for the encouragement of your word this morning. Thank you for the picture that we have in our minds of intercessory prayer, of how we're meeting with you and how we need to support each other how we need to uplift each other. Help us to do that in this church. Help us to connect with you. Tune in our hearts to you. And we thank you this morning that our enemy is your enemy. And Father, there is no one, nothing that can stand against you. And we thank you for that encouragement. Help us to realise that. Help us to, 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 to arm ourselves with the truth of your word so that the enemy is not picking at us and trying to uh, suck out of us the victory that is ours in Christ. Yeah, just help us, we pray, Lord, as we uh, commit ourselves to you this day, the rest of this day, and indeed this week. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you for connecting with us, us with you. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing our final song...